0: Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater.
1: And I'm Rachel Olson. And you know, Rachel,
0: I consider you not only a friend, but if we lived closer, I would say you're a neighbor.
1: Oh, I would love to be your neighbor. Um, I need a second home right beside yours. That would be terrific.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, every time I think of a neighborhood, I know that you love your neighborhood. I love my neighborhood. But when we think of, you know, our family of fellowship of people, it's it expands way beyond just the people that live near us. And when I think of neighbors...
1: I can't help but think of Mr. Rogers. Did you ever watch that show? Oh my goodness, yes. I loved Mr. Rogers. First of all, he looked a little bit like my dad only my dad had blonde hair so and blue eyes but um he other than that he looked like my dad so when I was very young the show um debuted when I uh, before I was born so um it was playing when I was very young and I initially thought that maybe he was literally part of my family like like maybe this is an <laughs> uncle or something because he looks so much like my dad so I thought I was related for a little while but um yes I loved watching Mr. Rogers. I also can remember as a child, um, my parents both worked, and um, so I would sometimes go to a daycare center, and we would play all day, and at the end of the day, um, the last thing we would do while waiting for parents to pick us up um, would be to watch Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. So um, that was also, I have that, that association at the end of a long day sitting down and watching Mr. Rogers and knowing that mom and dad were coming soon.
0: Oh, that's funny. You know, I remember when Mr. Rogers came on, I was in, you know, I was already past that stage. I think I was in either middle school or high school, but my little sister watched it, the original. And then my youngest daughter absolutely loved watching the reruns of Mr. Rogers. I mean, he was her best buddy. She loved him. And when he passed away, she cried and said, there will never be another person on the planet like Mr. Rogers. And you know, it's true. There's never anybody that's just exactly like you. Isn't that what he would say? There's nobody just like you. And I think the reason that Mr. Rogers was so popular and everybody could relate to him is because inside every single one of us we have this need to connect we have this desire to be wanted and to be needed and for somebody to understand us
1: you know it's interesting uh As an adult watching the show, of course, I have deep love and appreciation for Mr. Rogers. But when I step back out of my own experience with the show, you know, now you watch the show and you think, I can't believe that this is as popular as it was when you compare it to today's programming. Because the pace of that show was very slow. And, you know, Mr. Rogers, his speaking was very slow. And... Calming, <laughs> and today's shows for kids are you know fast-paced and um, uh, animated and you know high energy and and all of that. And he was the opposite. Yet he was so um, powerful. Now he had the like kind of the trolley would go over into the land of make believe, and that was always kind of an interesting part of it. But even when it was just this man, just this middle-aged man who seemed to do nothing other than come in the door, change his shoes, put on a sweater and feed the goldfish and that was like it every day that's all he did um and talked to us in this slow calming voice but you're right it's because he talked to us about our own inherent worth he talked to us about um our emotions and that emotions are normal and okay and sometimes big and scary but we can handle them um he talked to us about our fears you know it's just interesting um That that met met a need that everyone has Is to be um, seen and validated and appreciated and loved
0: Absolutely And I want to just focus on that one thing that you just said He did everything slowly And you know, in today's society, you're right Everything is fast-paced We want everything five minutes ago and so all of the commercials are fast, all of the programming is fast. and we wonder why kids have a short attention span. And they say that they, they do these short vignette things to cater to the short attention span. And yet, wasn't that many years ago, and still my grandkids today can sit down and just be taken in by Mr. Rogers. When you're a kid, you feel like the world is just going so quick that nobody even notices that you're there. And I remember it so vividly when I was uh, very young, probably five or six years old, and we would be getting ready for church on Sunday morning, and it was never more chaotic than Sunday mornings because my brothers, my sisters, everybody was trying to get ready. Everybody's using one bathroom, and it was just chaos in our house and if i said this one time to my mom i bet i said it a million times because she got kind of irritated after a while i would tug at her dress and i would look up and say mom am i adopted And, and she would say no i carried you for nine months you're not adopted why do you keep asking that every sunday morning And when you look back on my life, I think it was because it was so crazy on Sundays that I just felt invisible. And so when you look at what Mr. Rogers did for kids, he slowed the pace down. He listened. He spoke into their level in ways that they could understand. And wow, I want to learn how to be that kind of neighbor Because I'm not always there, not even with my kids or my grandkids.
1: Yes, you know, I read a story one time about the... Uh, Fred Rogers, you know, the the Mr. Rogers, as, as I know him. And uh, this young man was um, at college. He was on a college campus. He was working for the school newspaper. He was really busy between his classes and his job with the school newspaper. And he was had going through a hard time in his life. Um, he had lost his grandfather recently. And anyway, he's on, on campus and waiting for an elevator. And the doors open, and he steps onto the elevator, and there stands Fred Rogers. Uh, and he's kind of surprised to, to see him there in the elevator shut, and Mr. Rogers says hello, and he says hello, and they ride in silence to the bottom floor. And when the doors open again, Mr. Rogers kind of lets, lets him go first, um, you know, sort of ushers him out of the door. And so he steps off the elevator, but before he walks away, he turns to Mr. Rogers and he says, I just want to say to you, thank you. And Fred Rogers said, oh, uh, were you one of my neighbors? And the man says, uh, well, he was a college student at the time. He says, yes, I I was. So then immediately Fred Rogers enveloped him in a hug and hugs him and says, good to see you again, neighbor. And the man was just taken by that. And he says, Mr. Rogers looked at him for another minute and he he said to him again, well, thank you so much for that. And Mr. Rogers just looked at him and then undid his scarf, took off his scarf, walked over to the the window there and leaned up against the window ledge, kind of sitting a little bit on the window ledge and Mm. says to the man, do you want to tell me what's been upsetting you? And the man says he starts to cry and he tells him about his grandfather dying and Mr. Rogers tells him about his grandfather and about how sad he was when his grandfather died and how his grandfather had left him a small boat and how he didn't still have that boat today but how much he cherished that boat because it reminded him of his grandfather and they just had this brief little chat. Um, And then they went on their way. But um, I just love that you're talking about how uh, slow, I guess we were saying, Mr. Rogers, the show was and his pace was. You know, apparently that's how he lived his life because whatever he was doing on campus that day, it reminds me kind of of Jesus and that he was very interruptible. Wherever he was on his way to, he would stop and slow it down and say, do you want to tell me what's been upsetting you?
0: Wow, I want to learn how to do that better. Because I I can look at even my neighbors that are beside me and I don't slow down and take the time to really find out what's going on in their world. And I I love this, this thing that Mr. Rogers would say on why he likes you. He says, when I say it's you I like, I'm talking about that part of you that knows that life is far more than anything you can ever see or hear or touch. That deep part of you that allows you to stand for those things without which humankind cannot survive. Love that conquers hate, peace that rises triumphantly over war, and justice that proves more powerful than greed. That's why I like you. I mean, he saw the good in everyone. And when we talk about being a neighbor, I just don't think there's anybody that we could point to that would be a better example of that than Mr. Rogers.
1: I think about um, the you know the portion of, of scripture that is probably the most famous for teaching us about being a neighbor, and that's the parable of the good Samaritan. You know, when a man comes to to Jesus and says, "Hey, you know, teacher, what do I have to do to inherit internal life?" Um, and Jesus's answer is the. You know, Well-known statement, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Do this and you will live. Um, and so then the man asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And more importantly, who is not my neighbor? Who am I off the hook, right? I don't have to worry about these people. Um, Surely not my enemies. Surely not the the people that annoy me. Uh, So anyway, so Jesus' reply to that, as he so often did, was to tell a story rather than to give a clear, you know, logical kind of straight answer. And he tells the story of a man who was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho who was like attacked, and a priest is um, walking down the same road and sees the man sort of like passed out on the other side of the road or whatnot um, left for dead and um, passes on by. And then Jesus goes on to say, but a Samaritan comes passing by, sees the man laying there all bloodied, took pity on him, bandaged his wounds, helped him, uh, took him to an inn, paid the innkeeper, and said, you know, kind of look after him while I'm gone. Uh, I'll help, you know, try to help him heal, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expenses. And so then Jesus asked the the man who had asked, who is my neighbor? Uh, Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell? Into the hands of the robbers, Um, and the you know the the man says, "Well, the one who had mercy and and helped him," and Jesus said, "Go and do likewise." So in that story, he's teaching us um, who is your neighbor. Your neighbor is anyone. Your neighbor is everyone. Your neighbor is the person who's lying there who needs help. Uh, Who is your neighbor? Even your enemies are your neighbor or the people you think are your enemies or you think are the outsiders. Um, So and then that story also teaches not just who our neighbor is. um, It it also teaches what it looks like to be a neighbor um, and that is to care and to stop and to help. And that was one thing that Mr. Rogers taught Um, As well and taught a lot. He would um, teach people to be helpers, um, teach kids to be helpers. And there's a, a quote that gets attributed to him a lot um that i believe he said he learned from his mother that whenever he read scary stuff in the news or heard about scary events that happened in the world mr roger said that his mother taught him in all of those situations look for the helpers you will always see people who are coming to help so even though you might see this evil awfulness happening in the world there's an equal and adequate response of love and of compassion and of help So don't focus on what the evil is or the horror is. Focus on what the helpers are doing and be a helper.
0: I love that. And, you know, one of the things that really showed Mr. Rogers' base in his Christian walk, he didn't beat anyone over the head with a Bible, but he lived it and he taught it through the lessons that he spoke about being a neighbor, and one of the things that he said about love, he said, love isn't a state of perfect caring. It's an active noun like struggle. To love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way he or she is right here, right now. It's so incredible the way that he was able to teach kids and us in a way that was right on our level, where we didn't have to feel like, oh, I'm never going to measure up. I can't possibly do this perfectly. And he says, no, that's not what love is. It's it's the act of taking someone just the way they are. And when you talk about the Samaritan taking that person just the way they were and being the neighbor, I mean, that was the Christian faith deeply rooted inside Mr. Rogers that was showing up on the television screen for generations of kids.
1: You know, I love that quote that you shared from him, that love isn't a state of perfect caring. It's an active noun-like struggle. I I like that he... um compared it to the word struggle because struggle is definitely an active thing like you like he described it, an active noun but it's also something that implies some effort and uh, some maybe uh, up and down, right? <laughs> Good and bad, uh, progress and setback kind of thing it, it is embedded in the word struggle and I just like that he is showing us that Um, To love like a neighbor, to love like a good Samaritan, to love like Jesus, um, is going to be something that you kind of have to work at a little bit. It takes effort to not just to love, but to keep on loving; not just to care, but to keep on caring for someone. And the um, story of the good Samaritan, I I like the fact that not only did he stop and bandage his wounds and help and get the guy to an inn uh, or hotel or whatever where he. He could stay and rest and recuperate. Um, and this man was clearly on his way somewhere, the Samaritan was, but he came back, you know, he said, and when I come back, I'm going to come back and I'm going to check on this guy again. And I'm going to pay you for anything that it costs you to care for him. Like, that's the love and keep on loving.
0: And I know, Rachel, that you and I are kind of project people. We like to see you know, we want to take on and tackle a project, but we want to get to the end of it and go, okay, done, check it off the list, move on to the next thing. But sometimes when we are truly being neighbors, it is a continual thing. And it's a great analogy of the struggle between, okay, I need to make time, I need to do this. And I think of our friend, Anna anna has a middle school boy and she was telling me one day man there are always kids from the whole neighborhood descending on our house because we have a basketball goal and we've got things to do and so they're always at our house and i'm constantly buying food and feeding all these neighbor kids and she said and then god just convicted me and said you are blessed because they all want to come to your house. And so her and her husband prayed about it and said, God, what do you want us to do with this opportunity? And so they started hosting a a weekly get-together for all the middle school boys where they would feed them, they would play games, but they'd also do a devotion with them. And a lot of those boys did not go to church. And yet they wanted to be at Anna's house every week because they were pouring love into them. They were doing the the hard stuff, the the struggle parts of this where, oh, I've got all these stinky smelly boys. I have in to clean up home. after all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and yet God said, "No, I'm bringing them to you to love on like a neighbor."
1: Um, That makes me think of another thing that Mr. Rogers said He said, it's easy to say It's not my child, not my community Not my world, not my problem Um, But he said, then there are those Who see the need and respond And I consider these people my heroes
0: Well, we can all Do something In our neighborhood And with people that Maybe aren't living near us But they are our neighbors Like Jesus pointed out Wherever we see a need, we can respond. And and I love that uh, when Mr. Rogers talked about peace is like love or like hope. It, it's an action one takes, something that can be done, not just something that might arrive. You know, when we pour peace into other people, you know, when we are children of God, then we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And when we allow that spirit to overflow and that peace and that love and telling folks that there is hope and letting them see it in action, then we're doing life together. And they don't have to wait on peace and hope to show up because you've already arrived with it.
1: Well, and it makes me think of Anna and and the the middle school boys she's, you know, feeding and caring for and cleaning up after. um, And another quote from Fred Rogers. And I like in this quote the fact that he's telling us it's okay to feel um, good, even feel... proud uh in in a good way um this is the quote he says i hope you're proud this is what i would say to anna i hope you're proud of yourself for the times that you've said yes when all it meant was extra work for you and was seemingly helpful only to someone else but you're talking about peace. Um, And, uh, and, and that's the thing is there's also, there's a a satisfaction. If we shift our mindset, we can focus just on the extra work that it is for us to be a good neighbor, to host people or to feed people or to stop what we're doing, to care for people. Um, We can focus on that extra work and get all grumpy about that and feel taken advantage of. Um, or we can shift our mindset as you said, uh, Anna and her husband did and see this as a a blessing, as an opportunity, as um, a chance to be a good neighbor that we're grateful to have, and then we experience that peace and that hope that you were just talking about. And listen, I would much rather uh, have peace and joy and hope and loving connection with others than just be doing a bunch of work like I'm some sort of a a unappreciated martyr or something, right?
0: (laughs) Right, right. You know, there are a lot of ways that people can see God. They can see God in the sunrise and the sunset and the mountains and the oceans. They can see God in all those ways, but when they see you and they see me, do they see just as much love and just as much majesty as they do when they look at the sunrise? When we go out of our way and do the things that we know show love, bring hope, and give peace. That's when we're the neighbor that's shining God's light. Hey, thank you for joining us today. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week.
1: Thanks for joining us today. An encouragement cafe with Luann and friends where women
0: gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.